In this episode brought to you by Lola and Leica, a modern maternity brand that designs smart products with mum in mind, we're joined by physiotherapist Caroline Chambers to dispel the bounce back myth and find out more about the changes that take place during and after pregnancy. Caroline, obviously, you know, your body is going through the most obvious change during pregnancy, which is you're growing a tiny human life inside of you. But I suppose what a lot of women don't realize is there's a lot of other changes going on that can cause problems or pain during pregnancy um I myself kind of experienced a few different things and I know Miriam you obviously like would have experienced your own Mm -hmm. um things when you were pregnant but what are the kind of most common pains aches and I suppose maybe long uh, lasting kind of things that can happen when you're pregnant okay so well the first good news is that a lot of the things aren't long lasting Okay. So that's oh, the good. great news, yes. okay? Um, because a lot of the things that women get during pregnancy, after delivery and in the period after when the hormones normalize, they clear up, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So a lot of physiotherapy intervention during pregnancy is about managing you through that period. Mm-hmm. Um, also trying not to pathologize that period either. This is a natural thing happening in your body and sometimes the body just struggles with the changes. You know, so um, one of the most natural things where women experience pain is around the ribs when you know yourself as the the baby gets bigger and leaves the pelvic area and starts to come out more anteriorly into your abdomen. Mm. Your ribs, you remember that in your well into the second trimester and into the start of the third trimester, your ribs had to splay out Mm -hmm. and make space for the expanding bump. And if you had a very toned tummy, like good obliques mm. that can you could really struggle with that expansion during the pregnancy and it's so natural mm-hmm. so definitely don't want to ever with a mom say this is something we really worry about or we want to pathologize this yeah. it's not it's so natural and we just manage the, the mom through it we might mobilize help them to stretch it find strength elsewhere so they're not gripping with what they maybe always used was their obliques mm-hmm. and um and help them through it. That's definitely one of the short-lived ones because like, that stretches out. There are other ones that last longer. Is is that idea though, like should you have, like, sorry, not should you, <laughs> nothing is should. Mm-hmm. Um, does having a very strong core help you when you're pregnant? Or does it just all go out the window? <laughs> Definitely doesn't go all out the window. Okay. Okay. So if you have a strong core, let's presume you're also fit and strong and you have never just worked your core in isolation mm-hmm. ju- through your whatever it is, 20s and 30s. You're probably a very strong person then as well. So you've got strong shoulders that you're going to need when you have a small child. Mm. You ha- you're strong around your back and your hips that you're going to need during your pregnancy and after your pregnancy. So it's it is a good thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You, the stronger your obliques are, you might struggle a little bit with that stretching period, but that's going to be short for just maybe two to three weeks. Um, with a little bit help of help, it might even pass faster. I do mm. remember a GP friend of mine giggling and saying, "Ha ha, that's your strong obliques. All the work you did, <laughs> and that's okay. You know, it's just one of those things, and it does. That's one of the things that definitely passes. And if they do go back, that's the other side. Yes." They 
they do. Yeah. Uh, although you may remember it takes quite a while. So the yeah. changes that happen in our body uh, do take a long time to come back. And especially mm. if you've had two pregnancies close together and maybe a third one mm. again, you know you go up a little bit in your bra size mm. because your ribs have expanded and uh, it can take a while for that to come back down. But again, all in the very natural realm of that's mm. how the body has accommodated this growing baby inside of us. But that's um, actually really interesting what you said earlier about having, you know, if you're fit and healthy, it's not just about the core, it's also about the shoulders. It's like, but people don't think about their shoulders, you know, when they're pregnant or even thinking about pregnancy. And but so why? Why is that important? It's mostly afterwards. Okay. So you think about all the new activities in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's not that one needs to go to a training course to prepare their body for that element of parenthood because actually it comes in gradually Mm -hmm. so you know at the start you're lifting a small baby after nine months you're lifting a heavier baby Mm -hmm. but I do say to the moms I teach postnatal pilates and I do say this is preparing you for life because there's this period of your life that you're focused on right now you're lifting a baby but you're also lifting a changing bag you're lifting the carry tot you're angling in and out of the car every time you put that carry tot in and out Mm -hmm. of the car you might also have a toddler at home at the same time and if not you're heading for that anyway and you're heading for the day that they're really struggling because they're so tired but you just have to tie the straps and you're twisting into the back seat or the you're day t- you're a contortionist oh, when, I think yes. you're like once you have kids and like I do so many things now with one hand where I would never have been able to do them before yes yeah. I've met plenty of women through my work as a physio and Pilates teacher who've said I had no upper body strength I ran I walked I never thought in my 20s of going it just, I just wasn't a gym person or mm-hmm. I never played an upper body sport like tennis mm-hmm. and now I realize how much is required yeah. you know and mm-hmm. there is as they get older too they're carrying the school bags yeah. and the scooters and the day they just sit down in the park and refuse That's to walk. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. Like, Fiona's at the stage where he goes on this cute little bike. It's, it's not a bike because it's got four wheels, um, but he calls it his bike. And he wheels as far as he can and then when he gets to the end, like he's not going to get back on it again the only way he's going getting home is if I carry him and like honestly my arms have never looked as okay. good <laughs> carry him and and, and the bike, the bike. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever st- other stuff I have with me which is always yeah bags bags of, yeah. yeah yeah on the carrying in the early days I do encourage uh, moms in my postnatal class we have a little chat sometimes about what's in the bag mm. what's in that baby bag do we need all the stuff you know, yeah. decant the big bag of, of water wipes into a smaller one. Carry yeah. two nappies. Baby grows are lighter than full outfits if they do have an accident and yeah. they need a change. So practical things like that. Actually, that's Although I have advice. a fear of leaving the house without a full packet of wipes. It's like, I feel like it's a thing since becoming a parent. I'm like, if I don't have a water wipe within sight, I panic. There's Even when I'm without the shop. kids, I'm like, God, I could really do with the wipe. <laughs> There's always a shop. Um, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I suppose... Like, uh, apart from the kind of external physical changes and pressures on your body, um, you know, there are certain things I've kind of touched on, like your abdomen stretching, like postnatally then, you know, when you've given birth to this like gorgeous little baby and you're blissful and whatever else and it's all going really well, but like your body's been through a trauma, Mm -hmm. essentially, whether you give birth vaginally or abdominally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, 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 
takes like we were kind of telling myself and Miriam earlier and we were saying like I I think it's nearly a full year before you start to feel quote unquote normal in your own body yeah. yes even if everything's healed you know it takes a while to kind of just feel like you're back to well you'll never feel like you were before your kids but no. yes you know so like diastasis recti that's yes. obviously a huge one does that have a kind of a a period of of healing or does it depend person to person which is obviously the abdominal muscles are stretched isn't it so the diastasis exactly is where naturally we have a right and left side to the abdominal muscles and they meet down the center and because of the expansion and the pressure from within Mm. um, during pregnancy and especially in the last trimester we all naturally split so it is supposed to happen mm-hmm. but for some of us it happens where we split too far or worse still is actually we split deep mm. so we're i think we all know about the two fingers yeah, yeah so two fingers width beyond that is abnormal less than that is okay and there will be a healing process and it will come back and in fact as you do all those things we just mentioned the lifting the babies and things like that mm. that will in itself be exercise anyway but we also a lot of us are now exercising postnatally anyway Mm. and if you're with a good teacher there will be a bit of focus on that but for people for whom it's too much sometimes it's too wide but also too deep and for the very rare case it'll be full depth and we'll have a lesser chance of coming back and sometimes down the line after lots of work a woman will find that she has to have it Uh, repaired but for most of us it's not full depth which Mm -hmm. is the great news Mm -hmm. and there's great opportunity and great Mm -hmm. potential to bring the two sides back together and and uh, repair it but you should probably get professional guidance in doing that yes yes if you certainly if it's more than the two fingers width and Mm -hmm. anyone can check themselves you know it's quite an easy thing to do but if you're concerned at all just go to a women's health physiotherapist and they'll check it for you and straight off if it's recognized that it's beyond normal limits or quite deep you'll be given specific exercises for it and then if you do you can still go to classes but you do need to let the whether it's the pilates teacher or the yoga teacher know that this is what i'm coming to the class with Mm -hmm. and make sure that they're comfortable with that too personally because i'm a physiotherapist as well as a pilates teacher i'm very comfortable with all kinds of injuries in my class but not every teacher might be so Mm. just letting them know that i'm coming to the class with this and maybe these are the recommendations from my chartered physiotherapist I already attended. Well, it is, um, I think, very good advice to go see a physiotherapist after having a baby. Mm. I have going to admit that I didn't. Um, Probably because I thought I didn't need to. Whereas I think that everyone probably should just to make sure that things are, I mean, normal, using quotation marks. Well, this is what we were, again, we were just talking about this earlier. Like, you know, when you are bringing your baby home from hospital or, you know, if you have a home birth, whatever, but when you have this new baby, Mm. you are given so much advice and so many tips. And basically like, you're nearly like told, like, please don't, like there's so many things to be like, this is how not to kill your baby. (laughs) Like this is how to feed them in a way that's safe. This is how for them to go to bed in a way that's safe, you know, like this, just so many instructions. Like you're given an instruction manual. Um, you don't have instructions for yourself. That's the thing. You yeah. like it's mm-hmm. like there's no you don't leave hospital with any or wherever with any um sort of kind of manuals to your own health and well being. And I think that's the thing. You're like you're so confused. Like I actually did go to a physio after both of my kids, um, because I just wanted to know that everything was okay. Mm-hmm. Um 
and my my pelvic floor was weak or especially weak um after Theo my second baby but I didn't know I couldn't okay. feel it and I thought I yeah. was doing my exercises but I actually just did not know yeah. um, and I feel like there's no way to know unless you're actually getting yeah. it but but again it's not common <clears throat> practice and it's also you have to pay for it exactly yes that's the other thing that there is a movement of among chartered physios to try and get this accepted into the system so mm. that you know Hollis Street and the other maternity hospitals will have this it's like an MOT post-pregnancy yeah. there's oh, a checklist a of things we it. want to check we yeah. want to check your pelvis we want to check your pelvic floor muscles check for a diastasis and just yeah you're good to go no you have one problem in a it could have been five but you only have one here's your exercises so yeah it, it would be and I think that will come <laughs> I'm hopeful yeah. that will come I feel like we do so many episodes where we're like, we're hopeful in the future. I'm yeah. like, I won't, my kids won't be young at that stage. I won't be having babies then. <laughs> but we paved the way, paved the way. Yeah. Yes, and you have daughters. <laughs> I, yeah. I do yeah. have one daughter, yeah. Like, I got you that appointment. <laughs> yeah. um, you should be like, shut up, mom, your podcast totally was so embarrassing <laughs> using my life as a storyline. Um, but can we just actually go back again yes. to the actually pre-pregnancy? For anyone who's actually, who is... Um, uh, thinking about getting pregnant and wants to be and wants to prepare their body you know it, it, in an in an exercise point of view um what can they do to strengthen the um shoulders and to strengthen the core or like you know prepare I suppose okay all right that's really interesting angle on things um taking it right back pre-pregnancy mm. well I, I would I'm thinking for my next one <laughs> yeah okay so but you're not pre-pregnancy now you're dealing with a postpartum baby and well, you yeah. know more then mm-hmm. you knew then. That's okay. 100% so true. yeah, you know a lot more about your body than yeah. you did before you got pregnant. Yeah, I would say. I hope. No, I, I do. I do. So, so does a lot of other people. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose a little bit like I said earlier, it's not like, you know, we would be encouraging women to take on a pre-pregnancy course mm-hmm. and change your body in preparation. However, I would like to think of everyone, man and woman out there using their bodies well, exercising any way mm-hmm. and the things you would have to prepare your body for during pregnancy would be a stronger back yeah. stronger hips and upper back as well and there are many ways to achieve that it doesn't have to be weightlifting, but of course it could be it could be swimming mm. fantastic mm. way to strengthen your uh, everything um, it could be pilates yoga also so you know I think we're we're a great nation of exercises nowadays a lot yeah. of people mm-hmm. through their 20s and 30s are exercising um, even playing tennis playing basketball as a teenager um, if you if we were to take it right back, I think the thing would be to have girls not stop exercising when they hit the mid-teens, which yeah. is what's happening. Yeah. So, But that's going right back. If they never stopped exercising, they wouldn't have to prepare for pregnancy, maybe. Yeah. But would you like, is there a correlation between how fit your body is pre-pregnancy with how, say, even like for, you know, pelvic pain or, um, you know, the diastasis recti, like is it is there the fitter you are equals you will get less of a tear or is it just kind of like the hand you're dealt it's it yeah there's other factors and maybe a bit of the hand you're dealt but 
it is the situation at the time in terms of tears and that yeah. size of your baby, uh, the speed the baby comes out mm-hmm. at, different things like that. So, no, uh, it's not fair to say that uh, just because you're a fitter person means you're going to have an easier pregnancy or an easier delivery. And the re- reverse might also be true. Yeah. Okay. But apart from physio, um, what else can you do um, postpartum to kind of help your body along? Okay. So, postpartum again just depends on what issues you're having um do you want to guide me into some of the issues so we have you know upper back issues shoulders low back pelvis i suppose pelvic floor is a massive one and i think we all kind of hear like do your exercises but like as i was saying i was doing mine i thought and they were making absolutely no difference (laughs) yes but so education is a big thing yeah okay on knowing how to address how to work your pelvic floor yeah okay and there is good help out there online let's say you don't perceive that you have a problem or you can't afford to go to the private physio for mm-hmm. that mot type of check over mm-hmm. there are um uh, resources online uh, to help you find how to properly activate the pelvic floor you may have both heard because your babies are young we're now talking back to front with pelvic floor Oh my gosh. So oh my God. <laughs> it used to be the idea was stop peeing. Um, and we might yeah, still use I that. I use stop peeing as my. I, yeah. I did that because that's how I knew that it was, I was doing something. Yes. We yeah. would still use that to test. Yeah. But we get a, a better lift of that heavy uterus to prevent prolapse if we focus on back to front with our core activation. Oh so gosh. I'm trying to do it now. Me too. <laughs> like back so to front. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so that's that's the current thinking on it is the, okay. the back to front activation. And uh, yeah, so um, and then moving up from pelvic floor into the the into the trunk, some women are struggling with low back pain afterwards. And that can be a knock on from, say, the diastasis you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. The diastasis, by the way, itself, the split is not painful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's what it does to the support structure around your trunk that is that causes the problem and it might not happen then it might not happen until your baby is two or three or older and maybe you're back in the full swing of life Mm -hmm. and you're working hard without the full support structure you've lost some of the integrity of your core and the support for your back and it could be your back that struggles Mm. so there are as interventions say physio wise we might Um, help you through that with some exercises, some stretches, some advice, some education. We might introduce some external support as well. If you your diastasis isn't uh, is large enough that you're not getting the support that you need. So there are different kinds. Everyone's seen the maternity bands Mm -hmm. um, and there are different kinds of maternity bands. I think the newer ones are are better. There were very light ones on the market previously. And there are newer ones like the Lola and Luca uh, postpartum core restore band that has a medical grade of support Mm -hmm. and has two bands on it. It supports you um, uh, below and then above. A little bit replicating the traditional binding Mm -hmm. that we know from our Asian friends and South American friends Mm -hmm. is popular in other countries and just hasn't been in our culture. Well, that's the thing, because like I was talking to a friend when I was pregnant on my first baby and she was telling me of a friend of hers who lived in Singapore um, and 
you are binded in the hospital by the midwives after you have your baby and she was like oh it's amazing you should do it. like she says it's brilliant you should do it so I started looking into it then and I suppose there's that kind of nearly like Kardashian waist trainer and yeah. um, rhetoric on one side that like and I think that's not what this is and I think that's no. really important that people mm-hmm. actually know like a, a binder or some sort of like waist trainer postpartum is not because you're trying to like you know get your curves get a, back yeah or get whatever. Hourglass yeah. Shape, yeah um so I got one and I found it amazing for when I was breastfeeding I found it very supportive because I'm tall and I have a tendency naturally to I suppose to have bad posture and slump so it really kind of just like forced me to kind of sit up a little bit straighter um but I did actually feel as well I think like after even after you give birth and you know your uterus is obviously still stretched or whatever I actually find it and I feel even after you've had the baby like the bump isn't there but there is a bump still there mm, yeah but you kind of don't even feel like your insides are still part of your body yet mm-hmm, yeah. like you haven't kind of reabsorbed them or something they're still floating around where they were when the baby was in there mm-hmm. so I even find that quite nice it kind of just n- nearly helped me feel like things were going back into place yes and um, but that is actually like a medical thing it's like they've been proven to help you yes to give you that support yeah and yes absolutely and they also what I like about them as a physio is that it allows movement unlike the traditional binding is with inelastic cotton mm. um, like muslin and it's more restrictive. I want everybody to be still moving. I mean, yeah. the fact that you could even breastfeed with it on is testament to the fact that it's not a rigid support. Mm, yeah. And it gives a nice amount of support for that exact thing that you're describing. Yeah. And you put that really well where you feel like your internal organs are floating around. And one will still exercise. Mm-hmm. So and you don't wear this supports like that all day. You know, it's, yeah. some moms will put it on when they are cooking a meal yeah. or when they are going to be out in the park with the toddler and also dealing with the baby at the same time and they feel tired or they feel vulnerable mm. um, and we also would use them in instances of pain where if you have pain it, it tends to inhibit the function of the muscles so you give somebody a bit of support and reduce the pain and their own muscles will have the opportunity to work better the same principle as if you had a bad knee and we had to put a support strap on your knee okay well that's a really good way of putting it because in Ireland we just as we were saying before there, there isn't a culture of these um, support wraps at all and I'd never came across it until after uh, until actually after I, I had my baby and then I saw the um the kind of ads I think I was targeted actually um, <laughs> of course you were <laughs> yeah. of course <laughs> and and I was kind of like what the hell is this and like do I need it probably not um but it's not a vanity thing this is a yeah. it's, like this is a, a support yeah I support. think people yeah. think they're like you're nearly wearing a pair of spanks do you know what yeah, I mean that yeah, people yeah. are like oh she's just trying to like make her stomach flatter but this oh, is like kind of this is helpful you yeah know, for yes. a woman's recovery it's yeah and it's not aesthetic as mm. like it this is it's it's good for you yes you know it's got their function you know what else they do in singapore just interesting fat mm. my friend's friend also her lactation consult i don't even know if it was a lactation consultant it was her midwife that she had they would massage your boobs twice a day to okay. make sure to, well not make sure but try and help you prevent you from getting mastitis and help your milk come in that's yeah service. i know i was like that is a five-star <laughs> service yeah. that's fantastic <laughs> i know myself when i had my first baby the first night the nurse on duty was from the, from the philippines mm. and i got a bang on latch that first night and i didn't get it again for Interesting. days because she just had the hands the and she just yeah. knew where to put things and yeah and, and latched. it's cultural as well it's kind of it's what they know and do 
yeah, and your first were like, ooh, no, my boobs. <laughs> yeah. um, Just for my baby. <laughs> Founded by two Finnish women, Lola and Lika designs and develops amazing health and wellness products for mums, including an award-winning range of support bands for pregnancy and postpartum. Their support bands have been developed in collaboration with Finnish physiotherapists and have won several prizes by the Mother and Baby and Made for Mums Awards. Visit lolalaika.com for more information. That external kind of support obviously is is a massive one. But then um, is there anything internally you can do? Like Mary and I both discussed on a different podcast how we both bought these things called Epinos. Mm, and mm-hmm. it was to try and stretch our, um, I suppose, vaginal like, area. Or tissue or something. Yeah. I don't know, to, tr- to basically try and prevent a tear. Yeah. Okay. Didn't happen for either of us. We both had a okay. yeah. <laughs> Um But is there anything postpartum that you can do internally? Or is okay. that something that you really just have to leave to a professional physio? Okay, so culturally again, in France, there is the culture of giving muscle stimulators for the pelvic floor to women after uh, pregnancy, after childbirth. Mm. We don't mm. have that culture here. Yeah. Okay. So what is that? So it's an internal probe that you put inside your vagina and it stimulates your pelvic floor muscles to work. So a little bit like the slender tone of the outside. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, I as a physio trained and working in Ireland for years I do believe that we need to be using our own muscles I wouldn't be a a fan of external uh, machines doing the work for you Mm -hmm. they're very 80s infomercial aren't they yes (laughs) (laughs) but there is a time and a place if we have somebody who just cannot activate the pelvic floor cannot access the brain muscle connection because of trauma usually which is the tearing or the you know it's usually you see it more in the higher degree of tears Mm -hmm. then we have a place for that we don't as physios though recommend that um, people get sent home with them but I do think there's a case to be made for as you said better education on how to actually activate your pelvic floor because mm-hmm. you thought you were doing it and it yeah. turns out you weren't so and the physio that I went to actually talked to me about my toilet habits and she yes. said that if I well if if one suffers from constipation which yes. I do and um, that that can have a really detrimental effect even if you've been going gung-ho with your kegels if you've constantly have a straining motion when you're going to the loo basically can undo all the good work I undo all the good work but also if you suffer chronically from constipation it affects um, the weightedness down on the pelvic floor because you may be holding a lot of feces in mm-hmm. there that your uterus has shifted forwards and down it's already uh, straight after birth it's five times its original size. Mm. Now it does contract and go back to yeah. its size within mm. a few weeks. But um, that's a lot of weight down yeah. on your pelvic floor. Yeah. Yeah. So constipation does not help the pelvic floor function. It challenges it to work harder and it could also be interfering with your brain muscle connection, your ability to get into the right areas of your pelvic floor. Because like I was explaining earlier, the current um, thinking is we should activate from back to front. Yeah. So what we say is you're in polite company. You don't want to release a fart. <laughs> <laughs> so feel. imagine what that feels like for somebody who's um, back up with constipation yeah that's a hard action to execute if yeah, you have a yeah. lot of weight down on your back yeah, passage yeah. so constipation wreaks every, havoc every woman who's had a baby who's listening to this is like yes i can relate <laughs> yes yeah not every woman but like a lot a lot of us no but it is it's hard it's one of those things as well because like even i don't really eat meat so i eat a lot of like 
you know fibrous material um and I think that's like me being like I'm so healthy with my legumes but then obviously it's like very difficult for my body sometimes to process that even though I drink I do everything right on paper I have to say I drink a lot of water Mm -hmm. you know I get like my soluble fiber my insoluble whatever but um I think you know kind of changing toilet uh, habits is definitely a thing postpartum and also hemorrhoids or piles like that's something else that you don't hear about until after you've had a baby and like you convince yourself that you've bile cancer and then eventually when you take yourself off to the GP you're given a cream to cure your piles yeah yes you know and like you just don't know about that yeah and I think that's also should go into the manual I think the post do you think we don't talk enough about all the the horrible nitty-gritty things obviously me and my friends are very um, open about (laughs) bile movements um but yeah I think there are so many things that like you know you just don't talk about you don't hear about and then you're kind of in the dark when it's happening to you you're like what's going on why is this happening it's the it's the like common cry of the newly pregnant first time pregnant person being like they never told me (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and there is so much like you can read as much as you can until you're going through it you do not know like I mean I did not expect constipation I did not expect piles or at least I kind of hoped that it was you know wasn't some that common you know and suddenly it was like oh Uh, you know it did happen to me and you know of course then I started talking to my mum friends in our like very active whatsapp group who all had you know solutions and anecdotes and you know it it, these common things um I don't think they should be portrayed as being scary because they're like they're treatable oh no they're not scary well I mean they're a bit scary when you're (laughs) when you're in it but just to know that when you can get through it and it's not embarrassing and it's normal but it is but I think this is part of the bigger conversation of like this idea of bouncing back and I think you know we like we were I was saying like I think it takes a year for your body to go back to normal quote unquote whatever normal may be but Mm -hmm. like you know again there's also this other kind of school of thought of like oh isn't she great she's up and out and she's Mm -hmm. doing this and like even you know there's like mummy and baby classes you can do together and like that's kind of nearly a barometer of like success of like you know you've been able to get yourself back to whatever and really quickly but I suppose it's completely subjective isn't it it's like one woman is able to go back and do something after isn't six weeks usually the time that it kind of clears you're cleared for exercise but if you've had a vaginal delivery yeah, yeah. 10 weeks if you've had a c-section yeah. for formal exercise but let's never forget we are exercising in those six to ten weeks anyway yeah because yeah. we are lifting yeah we are bending and we are you know getting in and out of that bed multiple times during the night mm. and whatnot and then also um hopefully we're out walking and that Mm -hmm. is exercise yeah so it's formal exercise I keep reminding people you've been exercising Mm. um when you arrive on at my class you've already been exercising yeah yeah well I think that is actually such wise um what words and that people need to hear because we give ourselves a very hard time we do about not getting up and not doing it when of course as you said we are so yeah, and good, even good if we're, <laughs> if we were to follow other cultures, some cultures don't leave the house for weeks. So, yeah. and again, you know, it's okay. It's that advice of be in your pajamas when the when the neighbor calls in to see the new baby, because that gives a signal to him or her that actually I'd like you to go with the vibe of this relaxed state in my house right now, mm-hmm. and maybe you'd make me the cup of tea. Uh, that's a common public health nurse advice. That's great advice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think we're 
we're just all a bit too polite as well. That's the other yeah. side of it. You know, it's like I'm getting dressed because God forbid you'd see me in my jammies. And <laughs> although now I have to say it, like I'd put the bins out of my jammies. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> and, you know, then somebody coming into your house is probably like thinking I can't ask for or if, the, if like I can go rooting in their cupboards. Yeah, um, yeah. But I do think that whole kind of um, thing of like, you know, taking time and whatever, like, is there... But it, or is there a whole thing of like you know after a certain amount of time you 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 should start to feel like nor- not normal again I keep saying the word normal <laughs> normal to you whatever mm, standard okay. or whatever like yeah. if after a year you're still feeling like you know I don't have a lot of strength in my core or whatever like it, you know do you have to kind of address that if you felt that you didn't have strength in your core um, certainly if you're having pelvic floor issues ongoing issues with leaking mm. urinary cont- incontinence or, or otherwise absolutely you should get help um, interesting going back on what you said about you know what's normal and everything I was reading a report that said that um, it's at the six month mark where most women take a dip in their view of their own body image postpartum okay yeah so when whether it's, you know, everything's just so changed at the start anyway, and then things quieten down and mm. one is expected to be back to a normal life and you're looking at your body going, I don't recognise this. Yeah. I don't fit into my old clothes. Mm. Um, and that's apparently a six months where it's most common to take a dip um, in terms of your body image yeah. and body happiness with your own body. That is after so interesting. I, I recognise that. Yeah. that. That's familiar to me because, mm. you know, I absolutely hate the phrase bouncing back because yeah. like it, it was just something stupid somebody said a few years ago now it's in lexicon and it's just ridiculous because it, it's adding that extra pressure um but i started you know taking pictures of myself uh, the day after the baby's not the day after but like the week after baby was born and then a month after and then every so often and it's like hmm you know not the same and i wasn't doing like a mad exercise or anything but I wasn't doing much either and then yeah but I I, I did give myself a break I was just like uh, hello I've just had a baby and it's also middle of COVID um, but yeah around that time that six marks I was kind of think six month mark I was kind of thinking mm, like why am not I nor- looking the same or looking the way I want to um, and it was yeah I, you know it was at that stage as well where my confidence was sort of waning you know the baby was weaning as well and um I, I hated that part to be honest and that wasn't easy for me um so it, it's interesting that that is a time that things in your mind start to and body or your mindset I, I should say start to kind of um well you're probably like wobble a bit yeah gearing up to go back to work soon yeah even if you're taking you know nine ten months whatever I think around the six month mark you start to think like okay like I'm I'm coming out of this baby bubble now and I have to Mm. go back into the real world yeah also like you're probably having sex with your partner again and I feel like for the first couple of months well you know like you probably aren't for whatever reason and mm. um, or many women aren't for whatever reason but like if you're suddenly kind of back in that and again it's it's trying to get back to this like the old you yeah but you'll never be the old you mm-hmm. so it's trying to no. kind of make peace with that and also kind of think you know this is it now like this is this is what I am yeah so you know but it, but it, that that takes a process to kind of yeah. get to that point I and, think yeah and and yeah your 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 own body image and the way 
you think your partner thinks of you as well mm. and that's really interesting that you brought it up the sex thing because that's relevant to this whole conversation and um, for many people just or women just do not want to go there for the first however long after having a baby and then I you know I had an episiotomy and I healed fine but I was scared like I did not know what to expect I thought I was like going to be a virgin again basically do you want to hear the most horrendous thing I actually well I actually saw this on Instagram so I don't know if I have been targeted and I hope not because it's really <laughs> weird but it was about the extra stitch do you hear do you know about this no. that some people will give an extra stitch for the husband <gasps> like they'd, heard they'd request it like as in it's kind of a thing like I'll give you an extra stitch for the husband or that the husband will ask can you get an extra stitch no. I swear to god and oh, I just thought to myself, like, spoken over the head of the mom as she's lying there. Yeah, well, it was actually, it was actually like somebody on Instagram, you know, like the Discover page when you're just scrolling yeah. and you get like all these weird things. I obviously follow enough like baby and parenting stuff that I get the odd like red herring thrown in. And um, it was this girl who basically was like, oh, I remember when I had just had my baby and the doctor asked my husband jokingly if he would like an extra stitch. And she was basically going like, this was so wrong yeah but I was so young at the time that I didn't realize that I should have spoken up and said like how dare you what are you talking about but I was like but apparently it's a thing that maybe it's an American horrible. thing I don't know yeah Ugh. yeah Caroline have you ever heard of this in your <laughs> no I have not capacity <laughs> not scrolling through Instagram <laughs> no it doesn't come up in the textbooks yeah but, but do you I mean do you get that from women coming to you that they're apprehensive about having sex well apart from apprehensive um some women unfortunately post childbirth and post a traumatic childbirth mm. are experiencing uh pain with sex yeah yeah and that's a pelvic floor issue okay. and whether it's you know scar tissue yeah. which you know you did your perineal massage beforehand mm. you can do perineal scar massage afterwards or sometimes it's the on start of a prolapse they don't even know that it's actually a prolapse starting mm -hmm. and that's why intercourse is uncomfortable so if you have any uh, discomfort with intercourse after delivery especially after a vaginal delivery like that you should seek professional help okay yeah and there is it, it can be helped it good. can be solved okay yeah. good yeah so um so as well as apprehension sometimes there's real pain yeah yeah which is very sad very hard for women very. it's like one other hidden thing we yeah. didn't know we had <laughs> to, to deal with yeah. yes but i do think it's like as well it's kind of even like the difference um between you know say like pre pre-baby body post baby body or even post second baby body mm. so like you could have a very easy recovery after your first baby and be expecting that and then your second delivery can be so different now both my deliveries are actually identical and um I had the same kind of assortment of lovely things to contend with in both labors and postpartum. But, you know, especially I suppose if some women maybe had a vaginal labor where there was no tears or no, you know, um, I suppose episiotomy or whatever. And then kind of the second, like, is it more common that the second pregnancy takes a bigger toll on the body? Yes. Okay. Yes, for loads of reasons. So if you had a, a 
you know, not a, a clinical diastasis in the first one. Mm. So not just the two centimetres or two fingers or less. If you had a larger one, you're more likely to have one in the second pregnancy. Okay. Um, also, if you had um, pelvic girdle pain and pubic dysfunction, pubic bone dysfunction, you're more likely to have it in the second pregnancy and unfortunately more likely for it to come on earlier. Mm. So, you know, we've all seen the friends who had to be on crutches right through to the end of pregnancy Mm. and that's the pelvic girdle. Um, And often they'll struggle more in the second pregnancy. Um, We can manage it, we can work with them, but there is no doubt it is a painful and limiting condition, but Mm. there are ways to manage it. And I would say again, with anybody who's getting pain in around the pubic bone in particular go and have it checked early enough Mm. sometimes it's nothing more than just a bit of pressure from the weight down on your pubic bone Mm -hmm. the ligaments uh, in between in your pubic symphysis are actually very tender if you go poking around you'll notice how tender that area is anyway even Mm -hmm. when you're not pregnant so with increased circulation and then weight down on it this is talking about during pregnancy um, you could be struggling and again we can support that with exercise Mm -hmm. but we can also support it with an external support again talking about that kind of uh, support for the low abdomen taking the pressure off again to come back to Lola and Luca make a pregnancy core support band for those instances where there's pressure down on the on the pubic bone Mm -hmm. there's another condition again where it's actually straining the joint is straining it's not just the pressure from above it's straining and with every step you take it hurts and that's the woman who will end up on crutches Mm -hmm. and but the you know it is again limited by the length of the pregnancy which is the good news that it it does go yeah and and it was more severe in my second pregnancy sorry I used the word severe um, mm. but not definitively severe um, but it was yeah it was I went to a physio who was able to help me and gave me exercises to do and actually did an internal exam to kind of release I suppose maybe some of that pressure that you're talking about yes um, but it was even the exercises I was doing I was trying to be really fit in my second pregnancy because I was a total couch potato for my first pregnancy and thought it was going to like change everything nothing changed it was all okay. the exact same put on the exact same amount of weight everything um, but I was doing like a lot of um, like lunges and I think what the physio that I went to see actually said to me like just do squats instead of lunges because it was like the friction of my Mm -hmm. you know my pelvis kind of I suppose going back to front yes Um, and once I stopped doing that it was a huge change yeah we're very lucky yeah so it was like really obviously like a a small tweak that I caught early on that it really helped me and you Um, acted on it which is great yes and I do think women you know when we're pregnant we are tuned into our bodies and I think women are good about recognizing when something doesn't feel Mm. right and acting upon Mm. it and not just accepting it because you sort of realize that your body is not just yours anymore it's also like you're sharing it with the baby inside so I know that was that that's how I felt and um, I often ignore signs that are going on with me I just hope that it will go away <laughs> but then when I was pregnant anything that was niggling anywhere I was getting it checked out because it's like well you know it's not just me here anymore but you know what you're kind of taking a bit more seriously that's the other annoying yeah, thing yeah. when there's a baby's life at stake they actually you know not they sorry but like you know <laughs> people people do care a little bit not care a little bit more but like even yourself included mm-hmm. if it's you you're like oh what's that niggling pain anyway let's go whatever but then if you think that there's actually something gonna 
impact on the baby yeah. you take it so much more seriously yeah. um but you're very kind that you thought about us sharing i felt very much like there was a hostile invasion <laughs> taking place in my body i was like get this giant baby out of me now um but so caroline kind of just to like round it up i suppose a little bit you know for women who are postpartum and want to start back and, and get kind of back to doing a bit of formal exercise is pilates a really good way to to kind of reintroduce yourself or should you just if you've always loved really heavy duty weightlifting should you just go back to that like okay in time okay so mm. you can go back to whatever you want to do in time mm -hmm. when your body's ready and that's physiologically ready in terms of what every woman has gone through post-pregnancy but also you know taking into account whatever uh conditions I hate to use the word conditions around pregnancy whatever ailments you also mm -hmm. had around your particular pregnancy mm -hmm. so the basic rule for formal exercise is six weeks post vaginal delivery 10 weeks post c-section but then bear in mind that for at least six months we think now it's the this different figure is bandied around there about how long it takes us to get our hormones back to normal but thinking six months anyway mm -hmm. um one i as a physio i wouldn't i don't like people doing aggressive exercise even in my classes um up to six months i don't allow anybody to do uh, full squats mm -hmm. we do mini squats which are pretty much just knee dips mm -hmm. okay yeah. after six months if you've proven that your pelvic you have the integrity in your pelvic floor to support the weight of your abdominal organs pressing down on your pelvic floor as you dip down mm. then I'd be you know happy for you to go deeper with your squats or do weighted squats or that um, but remember you can still exercise those same muscles if you're under the tutorship or somebody who knows what they're talking about mm. you can exercise those same muscles you don't have to not a squat isn't everything yeah. so a lunge or a split squat is um the same function the same muscles but far safer for the pelvic floor okay. so the last thing you want to do is come through a pregnancy come through delivery and then four or five months later in a class cause a prolapse mm -hmm. yeah. you know so mm -hmm. um yes yeah, so i think uh, getting out there and exercising um is great but there's education in also going to a formal class yeah 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 so you learn more you also socialize you meet other mm -hmm. moms and you learn about the babies too yeah. because you're getting to talk thankfully yeah. Yeah. um we're back in class mm. now again um but there's you know there's that's so important for our mental health as well that we mm. get out there so um starting back running is another thing that i see moms doing too early I see often this time of the year, maybe once every couple of years, I'll have a mum come into the physio clinic and she'll be training for the mini marathon and she'll be determined to do it. And okay. she'll only have a four month old baby at home. And I'll be, please don't pound the pavements mm -hmm. yet. It's too early. So, you know, you can walk. Another bit of advice I give mums about the walking is when you get out for a walk with your baby, if you're on your own, fine, you have to push the buggy or mm. maybe you'd take the sling and you'd work on swinging your arms. But as soon as you're with somebody else, hand that buggy over because when our we talked about the tightness in the rib cage and everything and the t soreness after pregnancy, dealing with small babies, when you have the uh, soreness in your upper back mm. and shoulders, a lot of that is alleviated through rotation in the trunk. And if we walk and swing our arms, we are rotating. But when is the one time in your life you're walking without rotating? When your two hands are clamped on the yeah. buggy. And I feel like sometimes you can get so used to 
pushing the buggy that you nearly feel like it's your Zimmer frame. Like when you don't push <laughs> yeah. a buggy, you're like, what am I doing? How do I walk with like, this thing in front of me? <laughs> when you're back a little bit older and you realize, I used to hold my husband's hand. Yeah. <laughs> that it, day it comes back. Feels, yeah. It does. It feels weird to me going into like Dunn's without having the buggy with me because it's like oh my god I can go down an escalator and not the lift and I can act- actually you know pick things up um, well Caroline thank you so much for joining us today you're very I've welcome. learned so thank much having me and too. I think it's so important that everyone knows that you just have to take it at your own pace mm-hmm. and listen to your body and get really good professional advice and you'll be okay but actually just on a final note for me uh, and for any other woman uh, who's had a baby who hasn't seen a physio yes. um, is it ever too late Oh, no, mm-hmm. no, absolutely not. And in fact, you know, we talk about getting back to ourselves. We're never the same person as we were. We are postpartum forever in the sense that our body will have changed. Mm. Boobs, tummy, everything. But a lot of us are stronger for it. OK, so um, it's never too late. It's never too late to train any muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to take up tennis at 70, you could train your muscles to do it um, unless you have had nerve damage, which really isn't part of the terrain here with pregnancy stuff doesn't tend to happen. Mm-hmm. You can train a muscle. So Great. never too late. Brilliant. Off you go there, Miriam. Yeah. Book your appointment. <laughs> I was back my tennis lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank okay. you. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by Lola and Leica, a Nordic health brand for mums. In addition to their high quality products, Lola and Leica offers mums lots of evidence-based information, antenatal education and expert advice. Lola and Leica works with both Irish and Finnish physiotherapists who are always at hand to answer your questions for free. Lola and Leica's goal is to fill the gaps in conventional maternity care and ensure that more mothers receive the support they need when they need it. Lola and Leica's collaborative team of experienced midwives, physiotherapists and other experts work together to navigate, educate and help mums make the choices that are best for them. Simply log on to lolaleica.com and submit your questions to the Lola and Leica expert team.